welcome to Spiritual and Ambitious. I'm your host, Whitney McNeil. I'm a certified medium and spiritual teacher, and I help spiritual and ambitious souls just like you live your life purpose through your career and attract abundance by connecting into your intuition and spirit guides. Let's get spiritual and ambitious. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Spiritual and Ambitious Podcast. And I'm so excited to have a guest on today, my friend, Sage Polaris. And Sage is going to be talking about energy and the rituals that she uses around launching and some of her conscious launch strategies. Sage has written high converting copy for more than 400 clients, earning them millions of dollars. She helps personal brands and service providers sell more of their service or offer with the words on their website and her emails and sales pages are responsible for generating as much as seven figures in a single launch. And I met Sage way back, like years ago, I think. And it was such a really wonderful connection and a sigh of relief to find someone that was super ambitious, but also combined the spirituality together. So welcome, Sage. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. And the magic is afoot because it is 11-11 here in LA. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And we're here too. You know, I'm in Arizona, so it's always weird. It's like, sometimes I'm the same as Pacific and sometimes I'm the same as Mountain, (laughs) but it's 11-11 over here too. And gosh, when did we meet? Did we meet in 2019, maybe? I don't know. 2019. Yeah. You came to the event and your husband came with you too. It was so special. We did a live event for everyone who doesn't know about it. And it was a hundred person event in Niagara Falls and Whitney attended and it was just so much fun. It was called Legendary and we had the best time. Mm, It was nice. And I really enjoyed how you combined and you still do, obviously, your energy. I think you're really aware of your energy with your business. I love how you bring that to what you do. And before we dive in, one of the things I've been doing is pulling some cards. So I'm sure everyone listening knows about my card deck. I'm just in love with it. And I did pull some cards for both of us. And this might be coming up in our conversation. So the first card is the card of the doorkeeper. And it's discernment is key. It's time to decide who gets access to you. And I thought that was really a great message for boundaries and energetic boundaries as we're talking about launching. And I feel like my energy goes out like past the container sometimes (laughs) when I'm launching. And, you know, I'm my own biggest enemy with making sure I set those clear boundaries and decide, you know, where my energy is leaking and where it's not. And then the other card I got was synchronicity. You're on the right path. Everything's coming together, which is such a beautiful message, just helping to guide the conversation today. So thank you to our spirit guides for this message. And so let's go ahead and dive in. I want to ask you, Sage, because we were talking about how you combine your energy and spirituality to your business. How does spiritual and ambitious, since you're on the spiritual and ambitious podcast, how does spiritual and ambitious show up for you? And what does it mean to you? Yeah, I love this question. So for me, spiritual um, 
practices in my business that obviously like I have ambitions and goals that I'm working towards. Those things have always been, I feel like I've taken a conscious approach to them in a way that I don't always see my peers do. And I think that it's a natural evolution for people to go through where they first come into the online business space they're looking at what everyone else is doing and they're trying to emulate what they see. And early on in my business, I kind of knew that I wanted to zig instead of zag, like instead of trying to follow the rote business advice, it was very obvious to me that I wanted to make my own rules, create my own spiritual practices, have my own level of ambition that may not look like my peers all of the time. So for example, Early on in my business, you know, a lot of my peers were burning out on their private client work and they wanted to just go launch a course. And for me, I was looking at like, actually, how can I scale private client work? What are the things that I can do to build in systems around my existing profit instead of abandoning profits and going somewhere else? And I think that intuitively, I knew that. And I love that you teach intuition, Whitney. I think it's so important. Because there was a voice that was there for me that told me, like, let's try something different. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing or have success in the ways that everyone else is having success. And honestly, even to this day, like, I always tell money when it comes into my business, like, I can get to seven figures if it comes with the ease, comfort, and joy that I currently have. And if I don't feel like it will bring that for me, then I don't necessarily need it. So I know some people are very motivated by hitting certain financial markers in their business. And that is the thing that drives them forward. And I admire it. I also know that fast growth like that, where someone wants to like hit seven figures right away in their business or even get to like multiple six or six figures early on. I don't always wish that fast growth on everyone. And this is probably something for me personally, but I found that I don't do well in those environments. Other people do, and I love that for them. So as I was growing my business, citing what my ambitions were, I was always looking at what fuels me, what feels good to me, and checking in and then making decisions based on that. And along the way, starting to integrate these spiritual practices that I had learned was really important to me. Like I was really into law of attraction and I could see how that could be used to make business decisions as well, that it didn't just have to be a part of your personal life. And so I started talking about it more and I realized that a lot of my peers were sometimes afraid to talk about the spiritual aspect of bringing that into business because they didn't want to alienate their audience. But I was like, oh no, F that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I am a big fan of like all beliefs and using those tools to grow your business as well. And so regardless of what your like spiritual beliefs are for me, particularly like I love tools from Abraham Hicks and I like using those to make decisions or I've learned tools from my family members and there's rituals that I do, which we can talk more about. But instead of like having a divide between 
those practices and my business, I was like, oh no, it all belongs at the table. It all will help me. Just like you pulled cards at the beginning of this. I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm really hearing you when you're saying some people are afraid to. And I really love that you're not. I think that the more that we're truly authentic with our vibration, who we are, the more aligned clients we attract, right? The the people that really need to hear us and to really learn with us. And I love that you've stepped into that authenticity. You've also kind of given me a confirmation. So let me just tell you this. So who, when we're listening to this podcast episode, it's going to be after I've made this decision. But today, so I had this plan for launching. That's what we're talking about today, right? I had this plan about, you know... This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this challenge and then I am going to do some live master classes. And I've had this plan Sage mm-hmm. for I don't know, 4 months or so. And I felt this huge resistance to doing the challenge. And it's coming up like in a couple of weeks and I've already put it on the podcast and I thought I cannot do this. So, I really mm-hmm. had to allow myself to shift and follow my intuition. And I just made the decision today to say, you know what? I still feel very excited to do these masterclasses, but something has changed with this challenge and I can no longer do it. I'm going to give myself permission not to. So I think it takes a lot of inner work to follow that intuitive aspect in your business and pivoting. But I want to ask you, how do you kind of deal with that? Have you ever found that some of your plans, even if they came from your intuition, might change kind of in the moment? Tell me a little bit more about that with your launching styles. Yeah, definitely. You know, it can change for sure. Like I, a good example of that is to launch my Mastermind Turn Collective we were doing a live event, right? And that was amazing. I'm so grateful that we did that event. I met you and so many incredible people. And then the pandemic happened and live events were no longer, at least for me, they didn't feel safe. Some people still continue to do them, but I was like, no, that is not the direction I want my business to go. So I had to pivot in that regard. And what I decided to do instead is instead of trying to do a webinar or anything like that, I decided to do no pitch calls where I just get everybody together. And it's very like easeful way of just having everyone else see like, oh, these are the people who have been in the community and are thinking about joining the community and bring them all together and not make it about like, here's my program and here's all the things. But instead, because I realized that the collective, which you were a part of, I think it was like five rounds ago, which is wild to think about, that people just want to see who else is in the room, that it's less about honestly me and more about these leaders connecting with other leaders, right? And seeing like who else would be in the room and who else would be supporting each other. So I think that it helps me to listen to my inner voice for sure, but also like, what do other people want? Like I ask, right? I ask and, you know, when I ask people like, what's the non-negotiable for you to join something like a collective, they say to know who else is going to be in the room. And so finding solutions for that, instead of making it all about me and what I'm building, but to make it about them and the connection 
just feels so much more fun. And like, there's no opt-in. It's just like, come to the call, right? So I'm breaking a lot of marketing rules by doing that, but it works really well. And it's something that I'm so grateful that I've been able to pivot and do. From the outside looking in, it always feels and looks like you have a very easy flow when you do launches, um, almost to the point of it being stress-free in a while, in a way. So I don't know if it feels that way, but that's how it looks. And and I'm sure that that's part of your intention. But, you know, we're talking about launching. And if you're listening out there and you're wondering what launching is, I'm going to ask you, Sage, can you explain how we're using the word launching? Yeah, I love this question because it means something different to people. And I actually like to stretch the word, like the definition of the word, because for most people, when they hear the word launch, they traditionally think like, oh, there's a course or a group program and you have a set amount of time that people can potentially buy it. And then you usually open and close the doors. There's evergreen launches where you always have offers available. But I specifically want to talk to my service providers and say, like, actually, you should think of your private client services as a launch as well. And I think that's a gap that they sometimes miss. So really, at the core of it, if you have something to sell, it technically is a launch to me, right? So if you have an online business and you're selling something, then you are either always launching because your offers are always available or you have these windows of time where you're doing different types of promotions. But yeah, that essentially is what a launch is to me. Thank you for sharing that. So if you're out there and you're a service provider, knowing that launching can look very different for you and it's different for everyone, I think that's the key. And I, I love that you hold that space for your clients because launching can really Mm -hmm. look different. It doesn't have to fall into one certain definition or one way of doing it. I have done launches in many different ways. So I have an evergreen program for intuitive languages. And then I'll also do some special launches for other programs too. And one of the things that I've noticed and I've tried to shift it and it really depends on how I'm launching is sometimes the launch can require a lot of energy from me. So I want to hear how, how you feel with launches. Do you feel like launches require more energy and do they have to? Yeah, I love this question. I think that it definitely requires a different type of energy. Whether it's more or less really depends on the launch style and the person and what they're going through. That being said, for me, when I'm getting ready to do a launch, one thing that makes like my energy feel expansive around it is if it's a more involved launch, like there's a two-week period where I'm teaching back-to-back, right? Then I like to go stay at an Airbnb and... I'm in a different environment. It changes how I feel. And I know not everyone can do this during their launch, but it's something that has become a tradition for me when I do my no charge copy course that I teach. And the last time we did it, we had 3,700 people signed up, right? So that's a lot of energy to hold. It was amazing. And that being said, like, how do you hold space for all of that, right? So definitely having support in place not just the support you would think of though, like my team members definitely like had three people working with me hand in hand to support that community. 
But then also actually a fourth person too. My, I'm thinking my ads manager too. But those core team members were nice to have. But the other team that we don't always think about are like your friends and your family, right? Let them in on what you're getting ready to do so that they're not surprised by like, oh, like, why do you have so much going all of a sudden? And, you know, so they can support you through that because they will want to if you let them in on it. And sometimes we forget to tell the people who are closest to us, like physically in our house, what's happening. So I prepare them very early on for what's coming. And then I ask for more support from them. And then I, like I said, I go to the Airbnb and like, it gives me an opportunity to just really focus and work on that thing. Cause to me, it's such like two week period is such a short amount of time, right? Like, so I can really craft how I'm going to show up with my energy for that. And there are times though, I will say that like, I'm in the middle of a launch and this early in the year in January, like I had three people in the emergency room unexpectedly at the same time, (laughs) like three closest women, I call them the matriarchy in my life. And so those are factors I could not control, right? So I made a contract with myself that I would get through it. And then I would allow myself to release all of that energy. And that was, so sometimes there, when the energy is feeling like it's spilling out, like you're saying, for me, I make a contract with myself, like I will do this and then I will do what I need to do to take care of myself right Mm, after. That's so good. I tried that launch strategy this year where I rented an Airbnb and I did start to notice after doing so many launches that my husband seemed to be really affected by my energy because it was very intense and Mm -hmm. he was kind of doing everything in the house. And I would ask him, can you please make XYZ meals? And he has his own business he's running. So, you know, it's kind of like two entrepreneurs in the house. It was a little, little much. So I said, let's go down to Phoenix where we can just order because we live in a section in Arizona where it's beautiful. We get to see the Red Rocks, but there's really no delivery here, no delivery service. So we went to Phoenix where we said, you know, I'm going to get this Airbnb. We're going to have better internet because <laughs> there's going to be a city with fast internet. And also we're going to have delivery services. And it really did feel good. It was kind of like, this is my launch energy. And then when I go home, that's a different energy. So I like that. It definitely worked. It felt really good. And I want to ask you some more about what kind of rituals that you might create. And I definitely want to get into some of your conscious launch strategies when we come back after this quick break. As a professional psychic medium, I've done tens of thousands of readings, but I felt a call to move more fully into teaching intuition but I still get so many requests about doing readings. So while I don't do readings anymore, I have brought in some very trusted colleagues who are now available for live one-hour readings on Zoom. If you would like to book your psychic medium reading, go to messengerofspirit.com forward slash appointments to see our available readers and schedule your Zoom reading today. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'm here with Sage Polaris and she is talking about 
rituals to create around your launches and some of her conscious launch strategies. So let's just get right back into it, Sage. We were talking about how you like to rent an Airbnb around your launches, which I am a fan of. Are there any other rituals that you do that you would invite people to maybe try out around your launches or anything else, just a ritual in your daily life that works for your energy? Because I know that sometimes our energy can get really burned out. What do you recommend? Yeah, I love this question. And I want to say one thing too, like if you're not at a space yet where you can go rent a place to stay during your launch, the other thing I do, I actually time my launch purposely during the right season. So for me, I love like November through March here in LA. So my biggest launch of the year happens in January. And even just going out in my backyard and using that as the space to film makes me feel so good because sometimes like I can't be gone the specific day I need to do the filming. So I'll just come out into my backyard. So again, that switch of environment is a really important ritual for me. And before I get on the call, I have some new moon charged candles and I love to light those so that I just feel present because those couple of minutes right before you go on to teach, there is a little bit of like that frenetic energy. So I like to just ground. Another ritual that I love to do is I love to dance. So I actually start my sessions by dancing because it gets all that like nervous extra energy out. And I don't think a lot of other business leaders, at least that these people, you know, who come into my community, they don't see that very much. So they're like, oh, she's fun. She likes to have a good time. She doesn't take herself too seriously. And the music is always really inspirational too. So it's just fun to like get into that feeling of being inspired. Some other rituals that I do that was actually taught to me by my family is a money burning. And that is just amazing. It's part of Southeast Asian culture. This is in Buddhist communities in particular. They will take these paper money and no actual money will be harmed. I promise. <laughs> Everyone wants to know that part. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> you take this money that you can buy at like a Chinese market and it's called Joss paper, I believe. Hopefully I got that right. And you burn it. I have like a, a little iron cauldron that I use, but I'll actually burn that even during my trainings. I'll do a money burning with everyone or a vision burning. And so I love to do those rituals and to include other people in them because the more energy that you pull into it, the funner it gets. And I just find that it's like so grounding for me. Like all of these things just make me feel really grounded and that's just like a few of my rituals. There's so many, but those are some of my favorites. Too. Yeah. And you do these money burning rituals from time to time. And I've seen these invitations. So if you're listening, make sure you follow Sage because she does these fun things. I like that. I like the dancing too. I'll do that before I go live. And I tell my students that learn from me, if they really feel aligned to the channeler intuitive language, so much energy stored in their body. And it's like, I got to get this energy out before I feel like I can flow again. So I definitely feel that and do that. And I like that you do too. 
So let's talk about some conscious lunch strategies. So tell me a little bit about some of your strategies and also when sometimes our ego sets a goal and it could even be not our ego, right? We just want this goal. I don't know. But let's just say that we don't meet that goal. What happens? So I'm going to virtually hand the mic to you to enlighten us about this. Yeah. I mean, we always have expectations going into every launch, right? And sometimes those expectations are not met. Sometimes they're surpassed. Like this last launch, having 3,700 people signed up, I did I did go for 3,333. <laughs> that was my number. I was like, I want to get to this number. And we surpassed it, right? So these expectations that you set for yourself, I do find that it's important to know that you can process the feelings that come up and the emotions that come up from not reaching it. Let's talk about that specifically. And what I like to do is whatever emotion I'm feeling, like let's say shame, doubt, fear, unworthiness, abandonment, all of those things, identify what your emotion is and then lean into whatever your spiritual tool is to process that emotion. So one of my favorite things to do is to put the word that I'm feeling into YouTube with Abraham Hicks. So let's say I'm feeling abandonment. Abandonment, Abraham Hicks, play that on YouTube. I always get the message that I need. And so whatever your spiritual belief is, like maybe you're a Christian and you like listening to pastors, regardless of what your belief is, go seek out those leaders and listen to them talk about processing that specific emotion that you're trying to process so that you can get clear on how you're feeling and allow that support in. And that to me is such a powerful shifting tool to be like, okay, this is where I'm at and this is how I'm feeling. And now I know that there's a way for me to work back up that emotional scale and to feel good again. So that is a huge one for me in terms of just if I haven't met those expectations, what can I do to process it? Yeah, I really like that. So you were talking about why we want to hide energetically after a failed launch, maybe like what we think is failed, right? So air quotes, or when we have a huge success with a launch. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I find that it's a natural inclination. Like if you didn't get what you thought you were going to get from it, you think everybody's watching and they're going to see what went wrong and they're going to think that you're a failure or you feel like a failure, all of those things. And I think it's natural to want to process that and to maybe tell people like, oh, I had this launch, but can you be transparent about your results? Because I found that when you do reach out to your community and you are vulnerable, they remember you for that and they want to support you through it. In fact, I had someone reach out to me recently and she was telling me that she was getting ready to launch something at the exact same time as a peer of hers that's really well known in her industry. And she was super concerned about it. She's like, how do I navigate this? Like, no one's going to come to my thing. They're all going to sign up for her thing. And she was already feeling like a failure before she even started. And I was like, what if you shared that story? 
What if you shared that story with people and you allowed them to support you? And there was this huge outpouring of people being like, I signed up for both. I wanted to be a part of her thing and yours. And so also like I, there's so many examples of me seeing this where it's like we compare ourselves to someone else and that comparisonitis <laughs> trap is very easy to fall into. But I think if you really allow yourself to look at what you have accomplished and to share the good, the bad and the ugly, then people will remember you for that. It creates this connection with your community. So if you're feeling brave enough, share it. You know, I know someone else, she was trying to apply for a job that she didn't get. And I told her, go celebrate that. Go celebrate that you didn't get it and something else better is coming. And the outpouring of people wanting to support her when she did that was so beautiful to see. So all of these things, it's funny, like for me on the flip side of it too, is like, if you have so much success, what happens? And why do you want to sometimes not share that with people and hide from that as well? For me, it was like, okay, if I become even bigger and more successful and reach more people than I already have, people are going to start digging into my personal life. And I don't want them to, you know, like I keep my business very straightforward, like business stays in business. People in my personal life, I don't share in my business as much. It's like we're very private family, right? So I don't want people digging around into my personal life. So those things are things that you got to look out for too. Like, why are you hiding from that? And Why are you really concerned about it? What's the deeper emotion that's happening? And is that play here so that you can start to uncover those feelings and to work through it? Yeah. You know, standing out, becoming more well-known. I feel like there's definitely some blocks to that for many different reasons for people. And that was one of mine too. Wait a minute. Are they going to start digging into, you know, some, I share a lot, but I still have that privacy And also I noticed it was an aha for me not too long ago where when I was younger, I had this ability. We all do. It's just mine was right there in front of me. and I didn't know how to really deal with intuition. And I started to talk about it to people and they were not receiving it well. So I kind of came up with this little thought of, it's not safe to stand out or, you know, it's not safe. So I've shifted that too. So it's really interesting that you bring that up. So this brings me to the next question. How to, how do you be like a bold faced lover of failure in the winds? If you maybe have some of these things holding you back? Yeah, I think it goes back to being more transparent, but I don't want you to get like a transparency hangover. Yes, yes, yes. I said that three times. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) So maybe it starts with being more honest with yourself and boldly loving every aspect of you. Maybe it's starting to share it in your inner circle. Maybe you never really tell people who are in your inner circle, what's going on and being more transparent with them. And then over time, maybe sharing it with your community at large and sharing those stories. But I think that you've got to stretch that muscle over time and learn to, to do things like I call it, like get your sea legs around it, right? Like start small and work your way into being more transparent and vulnerable with people in a bigger way. But it takes time. It takes time to get comfortable with that. So, you know, now, like if I have mishaps or things in my business that happen, I share it with my community at large because 
I know that it builds connection between me and them. So I love being able to be so transparent with them now, but it definitely took time for me to be willing to do Mm, that. That's so good. I like how you're saying stretch it out and take it in a step-by-step way. I feel you Mm -hmm. on the hangover. If somebody overshares or they feel like they've overshared, then they can really kind of have all these other, it's almost like a whiplash that kind of comes back to them in a way. So taking that step-by-step. So what are some conscious launch practices that you would recommend or what are you seeing or are you feeling from spirit on that for the next year and the year ahead? Yeah, I love this. So, you know, first off, what Whitney teaches intuition, anything you can do to tap into more intuitive practices will definitely help you in understanding your own strengths and what you can, how you can best show up in terms of making conscious choices around your launch practices. I think that particularly getting used to seeing how other people model their launches, understanding their strategies, but then coming up with one that's specific to your business model, understanding, for example, like your traffic sweet spots, your personal relationships, your personal strengths, like bringing all of those pieces together so that when you make choices about growing your business, it's based off specifically what you know that you are good at. So for example, I am 10 years deep into my business and I have lots of relationships that I've never really leveraged, to be honest. So this past year, I'm doing affiliate launching where other people can promote my programs. I don't recommend that to someone who's brand new in business necessarily, because you may not have those relationships. You may not know who strategically are the best partners in terms of having a really healthy email list that's engaged and can support your community. So this year, for the first time, I've started to leverage those things. But all this time before this, I didn't really use that as a strategy, even though I knew it existed, right? So sometimes I think what happens when we're not making conscious choices in our business is like, we learn about something new and we easily get distracted by it because we're like, oh, I've never heard of this. Maybe this is the solution because I've tried everything else. Maybe I should try this next solution. Experimentation is really good in your business. But when you get to a tipping point where you can strategically make those choices or have someone guide you through making those strategic choices based on them understanding your business model, it makes all the difference in the world. So I think there's a couple of conscious practices here for sure. For one, check in on your strengths. Another is to allow other people to support you with your strategy. And then the third is like, once you understand your specific strengths and strategies, then check in with that intuition and say, is this really what I want to do next? Is it what's going to be highest and best for Mm, me? That's really good. So would those be the questions you feel like everyone should ask before their next launch to really center a ground and tune in? Actually, I have some other questions I would love to share with everyone. Yeah. And this is inspired by Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. She wrote the book Run with the Mm -hmm. Wolves. I haven't read it, it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So these are some psychology-based questions. And it's 
to allow you to leave the last 12 months behind. So whatever things you've been working through these last 12 months. So what do I know should die in my business mm-hmm. or life, but I'm hesitant to do so. So it's kind of clearing out the weeds of old things. What are the things that you need to clear out? So I'll read that again. What do I know know should die in my business or life, but I'm hesitant to do so? And then the next question is, of what use is the powerful of the not beautiful today? Mm-hmm. So those hard lessons learned, what use is the power of the not beautiful today? And then the third question is, what new business adventure am I afraid to give birth mm, to? These are so good. Yeah, she's amazing, right? So what new business adventure am I afraid to give birth to? So those are the three questions. I love using questions for making decisions in my mm-hmm. business, even if they're open-ended questions. But that's actually another powerful tool that I love that I'll give a shout out to is Access Consciousness by Dr. Dan Heyer. He's also amazing at helping you develop questions that are actually meant to be rhetorical and that you just ask yourself. But as you go through these things, these three questions that I just mentioned, I want you to kind of sit with it. And, you know, there's things that I've hesitated to do, asking people to speak on their stages, other things like that, that I know that I have to get rid of that in my life to move to the next stage in my business. And then the not beautiful are just things that I need to acknowledge that I tried that didn't work because we all have that, that we can look back on and say, okay, those things didn't work. I'm not going to continue to do those things. And for me, like new business adventure, I'm getting ready to do an evergreen launch for the first time in a few years. So it's like, I don't know if I'd say I'm afraid. I'm like nervous and excited about it. Right. So it's good to just check in where you're at with those questions and then make some decisions. Mm, That's so good. And you know, I'm going to tell everybody listening to also ask your spirit guides when you ask these questions so they can help give you some insights and your Mm -hmm. higher self. Don't forget your higher self too. That's are so good. It brings up some of the things that you know, you're resisting. Cause one of the questions I'll get a lot is how do I know if this is you know, just spirit telling me this is not supposed to be the next step or if I'm blocking the next level. So if you can ask those questions, Mm -hmm. it really brings up a lot of why you're afraid or what you're afraid of or what is going on kind of in your energy to clear. And if you're going to, you know, bring spirit into such a great conversation, right? Those are so, so great. Thank you for sharing. So Sage, how do you work with people? How can they find you? Tell me all about that. Yay. Yeah. I would love for everyone to pick up a gift that I have for your audience. If they go to sageflares.com slash Whitney Rock. <laughs> I love it. And I'll put this link <laughs> in the show notes. Yeah. So that is my triple email open rates. So if you have a list that this happens to the best of us. Maybe you've ghosted them. You haven't written them for a while. This is three emails that you can copy, paste, and personalize so you know exactly what to say to them. Or if you've had an email list for a while and you've stayed in touch with them, but you haven't removed unengaged subscribers, this is the perfect way to scrub your list so that you know exactly everybody who's opening your emails wants to hear from you. So definitely pick that up. It's my triple email open rates. It's one of my favorite templates. And that is a tool that I love sharing with everyone. Mm, I like that. And 
How do you work with people? Are you doing one-on-one? You have a collective. Tell us a little bit about that too. Yeah. So the collective is actually getting ready to go into its fifth round. I'm so excited. And that's for service providers and course creators. We're a mix of that community that Whitney was a part of in the first iteration of it. And that group is really like coming home to yourself by working less and earning more access to my mastermind group, hot seats, all those fun things. So I prefer the the connotations of the word collective. So I've been calling it that now. And then I also still work with private clients, mostly through VIP days, which I love. They're so fun. And those are for people who need to get their launches done. Maybe they need strategy or copy written for like their sales page and their sales emails and all those fun things. And then I have a copy template membership, which that has been growing like gangbusters. And that is a monthly membership where you can get access to copy templates, but also get reviews of your copy done on the hot seat call that we have once a month. And we have a co-working session as well. So people can implement what they're learning. And that really is about like having bigger launch potential, selling your private client services and using my templates so that you're never writing from scratch. Mm, I like that. Thank you so much for sharing. And I will put all of Sage's links to work with her, to connect with her, to find her in the show notes, as well as the free gift over at sagepolaris.com forward slash Whitney rocks. I just like saying that link. And thank you, Sage, so much. Is there anything else before we end that you feel inspired to share with everyone? Yeah, you know, No matter where my business growth has gone, there's always new levels of me wanting to make choices that will continue my growth. And the one thing that I remind myself of time and again is to let no come from other places, not yourself. Mm, So whenever I'm making decisions, I remind myself of that, like sending that DM, asking someone for an opportunity you know, and I think they're not going to answer. But then I tell myself, let no come from other places, not yourself. I got a question. I know I said we're ending, but I really got to ask you this. So as far as that, I know that that everyone listening is going to be wondering about, well, wait a minute, is a no coming from my spirit guides? Or, you know, how can you really tune into that part of it with ideas? So let's say that you have an idea and you're not asking someone specifically, but you're starting to do a launch and you're feeling like this is what I'm going to do. So tell me a little bit Mm -hmm. about just where do the no's come from other than like that straight answer of a no, like what are some of maybe the last couple no's or thoughts around no's that you have? Yeah, you know, I'm clear audience. So I hear it like I physically hear it. And for me, it's like, you know, my team will ask me a question or we'll be thinking about a launch style and I can just feel in my body. It's like, "Mm, no, I don't want to do that. So for example, you know, I was thinking about doing a partnership with someone and I guess I get offered pretty often for people to do partnerships and This woman asked me and she's like, you know, can I come in and we'll create a product together? And 
at this stage in my business, I hear no pretty fast if I'm meant to do it or not. So, you know, I just kind of check in with myself and, and I'll hear that message. But I do have to kind of let it marinate as well. So I'll initially say no, because I could always come back and say yes. Later. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'll go for a hike or something where I'm moving my body. And then I'll hear the rest of the messaging that I was getting from that. So body movement is a big one for me to get the continued confirmation of should I do this or should I not do that. So that's the biggest thing that I have to say no to a lot is partnerships. So that piece for me is like, I can feel it in my body right away. And I'm like, Ooh, yes. Or kind of like an expansion versus a contraction. And one other tool that I will use is my pendulum. So I have a pendulum and I'll say, show me yes and show me no. That's another way to tap into like, is this really what I'm meant to be doing right now? I like that. So everyone listening probably knows, I will say, if you get that message through, like you're hearing it, it's the owl. And then if you're feeling it in the body, it's the empath. And then when you need to move that energy to get more clarity, it's that channel are all working together all of your intuitive languages coming through. Mm. So I like that. I wanted to get your take on it. It's so nice to hear from someone else who really works with their intuition and talks to their guides and talks to your higher self. So thank you for being on here today, sharing your magic and your message with all of us. And so thank you all for listening again. Next week, I'll be back with a brand new episode. But until then, here's to staying spiritual and ambitious. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And if you loved it, would you please share it with a friend? I would also love your review and a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find me at messengerspirit.com and you can take the four intuitive languages quiz and find show notes there too. If you want to connect on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram, you can find me at Messenger of Spirit. I'll meet you right here next week. Here's to staying spiritual and ambitious. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.